This is the Lingaholics Podcast with Cody, Marcus, and Ian, where we dive deep into conversations about the experiences and endeavors of the language learning life. On this pod, we feature a wide variety of guests and topics with nonstop passion and nonstop fun. There's no last call for Lingahol, so come on in and join the show. You are being recorded. All right. I didn't even consent. It just said you are being recorded. Oh, okay. Okay. You've accepted it. Well, it's happening, folks. Episode 42 of the Lingaholics podcast. It's here. It's right now with uh, our second return guest, our other guest, Alejandro, who's done a couple Spanish episodes with us. But today we have none other than Calgary's own Azrin, the language nerd. So welcome here, Azrin, for uh, another little chat with the Lingaholics boys. So let's bring Azrin in here right away. How are you doing today, Azrin? Good. How about you? Oh, we're doing good, man. We're doing good. So we got uh, Senor Sueco out in Ontario, Senor Cody out in South Korea. So let's check in with those fellas. So I'm here in Strathmore, not too far from where Azrin is so here in southern Alberta. So let's go to South Korea, check in with Senor Colo. Como estás, way? <laughs> okay, so I got a, I got a big announcement for oh, everyone. Okay. Cody's got an announcement. Yeah, I had a special, I had a special development happen. Just this is just yesterday, actually. So I was, um, I went to Daegu to visit my friend Jinsu, and um, he's he's got a car. So we were just like driving around the city and just like kind of. Not really sightseeing, but just going around to different places in the city, just like walking around, got a few things to eat, went up the cable car to the mountain and had an amazing view of the city, which was great. And uh, most of the time we were we were speaking Korean, actually. And um, <laughs> I think in the first like 20 or 30 minutes, um, I was just we were just going, you know, we just got into a good riff. And it was, it, I don't want to say it was like seamless, but like 20, 30 minutes into the conversation, I, it, it just hit me. And I was like, oh my God, I can speak Korean. <laughs> so yeah, I had my moment. speaking click moment on Saturday with Korean, finally. Cody, I, I just got to say congratu- congratulations because I know how good that feels. Like yes. your first click moment, the first moment you realize that, oh. hey, wow, like I actually speak this language. Oh, thank you. Oh, that man, enjoy it. You, yeah, you've man. deserved it. You've re- Trust me, you've deserved it. So, uh, yeah, enjoy it. Yes, thank you. I'm, I'm still basking in its glory because it, <laughs> like I'm telling you, if you've never learned another language, this 
click moment is is magical it really is it's the best feeling in the world it is one of the best feelings in the world this is amazing <laughs> should we ask should we ask azrin about some of his click moment experiences or how he would define yeah, that sure. so yeah i've had quite a few i've had quite a few throughout different different languages um i think i usually get my click moments when i'm in some sort of immersion setting so if I've traveled to a specific country that speaks a specific language, and usually what happens is there's, there's always some day where I've been speaking the target language every single day, nonstop. And one day I realize, wow, that when I think or when I try to speak, my brain defaults into that target language and not to English because that's all I'm speaking every day. And that's always a nice little click like, oh, cool. Now I'm not I'm not having to struggle as much as I used to. Sometimes it's still hard. You can't always find the words. You're still learning. You still get tired oh, yeah. and still make mistakes. But now you don't feel like it's almost like uh, it's almost like you now have a, a a second person inside your brain that speaks the target language. Yes. It's almost like that. And maybe they're not super fluent yet. Maybe they still have lots to learn. But it's not your like it's not English Azrin learning to speak Japanese. There's now like a baby Japanese Azrin that's learning to. Yes, yeah, that's so true. I think yeah. the most relatable analogy from life regarding the click moment with languages is like when a kid rides a bike without training wheels for the first time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's like, that's it's, it's when you finally have that feeling of you don't need the training wheels anymore. And like, you're not amazing. Like you can't go pop and wheelies and like ride the bike with no handlebars. But I mean, you can, you can ride a bike. <laughs> like, yeah. You're going, you're moving. In yeah. Direction. Yeah. Okay. Um, so as I was curious, I listened to a couple, a couple of your uh, newest podcasts uh, today and you're, so you're learning Japanese right now? On the side, it's not a big focus, but yes, I okay. am in Japanese. Oh, nice. Okay, so uh, okay, how so for how long have you been doing that? I did about something like fifteen hours last December, so December of twenty twenty. Yeah, something uh -huh. like that, fifteen twenty hours, and then I did nothing uh -huh. until about two weeks ago, where I took one class, just a private right. one private class. Okay, I was fascinated because you talked about this approach that you're using. It's got like like a two year old approach. Yeah, I call it the, uh, I've, I've given it two names in my head. One is the Jevin approach, because it's based on watching my two-year-old cousin. Yeah. And now I've also renamed it as, there's like a little subtitle under it now, which I call it the Wani approach, because Wani means alligator in Japanese. Uh -huh. And all my Japanese learning so far has happened through this toy alligator that I have in my house. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Everything I've learned is in relation to my alligator, and I like, I've learned with my alligator. So, <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, so basically what, what Ian's referring to is uh, I've been watching my, I have a two-year-old cousin. He's now just over two years old. I've been watching him since he's about one and a half and how he's been learning English as well as Gujarati, which is what Gujarati speaks when he comes over here. Everyone else in the family speaks to him in English. So I've watched him primarily with Gujarati, not so much with English, and I've watched him learn. And a lot of the methods that he uses, I've, I've been watching him and I'm thinking to myself, huh, adults could use these too. They'd have to be modified for an adult, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but this would work very well for an adult too. So I'll give you one example. I remember one time his, my uncle dropped off and my cousin was thinking like, where, where did daddy go? So he's 
And so he's saying it to himself. He's going, he's at the window at the front door. He's looking out the window and he's repeating to himself over and over with pretty poor pronunciation, to be honest. Where did daddy go? 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 But of course, with very poor pronunciation, it's almost, you almost can't understand it almost, Mm -hmm. but he's saying it over and over. He's not really asking us. He's just saying it to himself. And he's just thinking about that. Where did daddy go? And I was like, oh, okay. And he said something like 50 times, something like that. (laughs) And I saw him about a week later and dad went out to do something and he just came back like 10 minutes later but in that 10 minutes he's saying he's like where did daddy go but he said it much more clearly and i thought to myself hmm as an adult language learner you will find almost zero that will when they learn something that they'll repeat it to themselves multiple times they say Mm -hmm. they say it once they say it twice like oh that's hard and they move on Uh and i was like that what he just did where he was he said it really where my cousin pronounced where did daddy go and he said it really poorly about 50 something like that 50 times he probably said it more throughout the week when i didn't see him and then when i saw him a week later he was saying it very well and very naturally and it's very understandable he said it much more fluently and more naturally than when he was here because when he was here you can tell it was new for him like that's not something he'd been saying a lot and i was like that's one thing that a two-year-old does that would work very well for adults too that's fascinating and it takes what is it how long does it take say like 50 times what does it take you like two three minutes four minutes like how long Um, does that take you not that long right it's not a big task but it's very effective (laughs) huh it's a little monotone but yeah i I can totally (laughs) see how that works (laughs) it is very monotone yes i agree but four minutes of monotone for something that would really help you nail whether it's pronunciation or a specific phrase in your mind that's one thing like hmm it's not a terrible idea. Yeah. No, it's a fantastic idea. Mm-hmm. Well, a baby's never going to do something. Well, two-year-old, sorry. Is that a baby yeah. still? I forget. Infant, whatever. Toddler, um, whatever. Toddler. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're always going to be like building it, the blocks naturally, right? Like they're never going to go out and do something unnecessary. With As an adult learner, you might jump too far ahead sometimes. So I feel like a mm. baby's, like they're just naturally going to, take on because as a baby I, I guess a psychologist developmental psychologist could be like okay first you're going to focus on like concrete items like daddy mommy sofa tv and then like i don't know once you start what age you start getting more abstract at so just focusing on like more concrete things mm-hmm. and then like would that be like adult could kind of like mimic that too in a way like i'm just wondering yeah because i don't know if i could see myself repeating something four minutes in a row but <laughs> yeah. i get i get the logic though i get the logic of like well another like as an adult another way you can kind of mimic, mimic this is like um just using uh this is something that i tried doing last week and i like it is that um you take the most 1000 the most common 1000 words in a language and you just like <laughs> study those you just like make a whatever kind of vocab studying method you use and just take the most common thousand words and just go to town with that when you, um, when you first start. But boys, I gotta cut you off here because we didn't ask Marcus how he's doing. Oh, hey, Cody, I appreciate it, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks. I I thought you guys forgot about me. No. (laughs) So I have I I don't have any super big news or anything, but you know I had a pretty good day today. So it's not 
unbearably warm here in Ontario, but the weather's nice. It's nice and sunny, but it's not unbearably warm like last weekend. So I went for a long walk, right? And I, and I, during this walk, I listened to the latest episode of Sans Filtre, Le Podcast Plus Québécois. And um, I went, I finished the, I did the complete thing. It was super interesting. It was super interesting. They had a scientist who, uh, who was talking about Alzheimer's disease and what you can do to prevent it and whatnot, the latest research. And I finished it. And, you know, every week, because right now, as and just, so you know, I'm focusing primarily on French. I want to get my French as good as possible. I ideally up to my Spanish level, but um, uh, that's what I'm currently working on. That's my main focus. So uh, every week, you know, I tend to listen to all of these sans filtre uh, podcast episodes and every week it gets a little better. I understand a little bit more. So it's, I really feel like I'm, I'm improving. Um, so yeah, that, that was my day. Uh, my Russian's going slowly. Um, uh, as I, so just as a reminder, I study Rus- Russian in the car to work during my commute every day. I do a 30 minute Russian Pimsler episode just for fun, just for kicks. And, uh, it's really fun. I'm enjoying it, but it's slow. And I have to repeat, I have to re-listen to these Pimsleur episodes, which I've never done before with Portuguese or Spanish or French or anything because it's so different. Um, so it's, it's definitely like a two-year-old. the connect exact. And that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. Like I'm repeating everything over and over and over again with Russian, right? I can say something. I'd probably say something 50 times. And with the Pimsleur method, you have to repeat it, right? And they go back and forth and review everything over and over again. And that's what I'm doing. But I'm just, I can tell that the kinetics of learning Russian are so much slower than with a romance language language mm-hmm. for me. Like I never felt like I had to repeat a Pimsleur episode in, in Portuguese, that I never got that sensation. But with Russians, Russian, it's every episode I have to listen yeah. to twice. Because there's no cognates. There's no cognates for everything. I just have to like hardcore memorize everything. And it's so much difficult when when it doesn't make sense. Like I'm not used to it at all. So I that's think- where I'm at right now. Um, so I'm, I'm, I had a pretty good week. Nice. And uh, I'm going to keep going hard at French. I have a Spanish class tomorrow as well. But I'm going to keep going hard at French primarily. That's yes. awesome, man. So, so Asrin... Has that been like with your Japanese? I know you've just been two weeks doing it, but taking it slow and then are you using any particular process besides like the two-year-old? Yeah, so uh-huh. I am. I'm so Japanese, Japanese is, is like, fascinating. Japanese is really different than every other language I've learned because I never planned on learning Japanese. I don't, it's not a big priority for me. Mm-hmm. I have other languages that I really want to learn and I'm more dedicated, a bit more motivated. I, I'm more diligent, but Japanese, I'm pretty relaxed with it. I'm just having fun. So... Mm-hmm apart from so i did a 15 hour intensive last year in 2020 like it was almost like an hour a day of of class with like these tutors and then i did like some homework for like two or three weeks something like that um now what i do is so the first so i've had two classes the first class i basically i wanted to test a theory i wanted to test like okay can I play with this two-year-old idea thing and make it more adult like can i do Mm -hmm. something let me let me play with this and let me see if i can narrow my thoughts in about it because right now it's very abstract in my mind i've mm-hmm. seen my cousin do it I'm, i can in an unconscious way picture how an adult could you could almost have a model based around that i just don't know how to articulate it i don't mm-hmm. haven't worked out the king so i was like why don't i have some fun let's just play around with this concept and see what happens in class so the first time 
I sat down and I told my tutors like, Hey, this is going to be a weird class. I just pre-warn you, but just roll with me. Here's what I'm thinking. Blah, blah, blah. Like, okay, sure. And they're super flexible. It's a ma- married couple, married couple. Oh, okay. Okay. And I was like, okay. So then I sat there and I just pretended like, okay, if I'm two, like, what would I do? Like, what would I do right now? I don't speak English. I would not think in English. Right. right? There's certain limits I won't do. I'm not going to like suck on my thumb. No weird stuff like that. Like, <laughs> like but I, like, I looked around. I like, okay. okay. Well, the first thing I saw was like this, like got this, like these crystals and this little like bucket thingy. I was like, if I were two, I would look at that, those crystals and get super fascinated by them because they're shiny. Mm-hmm. So I grab one. I was like, I know what to ask. What's this in Japanese? So I was like, oh, right. what's this? Like, oh, it's a crystal. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay. And I looked at it and I was like, trying to figure out like, what would I be thinking if I was two? Like, and I was like, oh, it's shiny. It's like, oh, how do I say shiny? Like, oh, shiny. Then I grabbed some more and I realized while I had it in my hand, I don't know how to say one, two, and three. I don't know how to count in Japanese. So mm-hmm. I put them in a row and I was like, how do you say one, two, three? And they're like, oh, they told me each Nissan. And then I was like, okay. So I started counting them. I started counting backwards. Then I made a crystal tower. So I was like, well, if I was two, I'd probably make a tower. I'd love to knock stuff over. I actually ended up breaking <laughs> one of the crystals. And when I knocked the tower over, and I was like, oh no. I was like, how do I say the crystal's broken? <laughs> and they're laughing at me. <laughs> So now I can see the crystals broken. And then I have a box of toys. And now that's where the alligator comes in. I grabbed an alligator and the, I learned how to like say the alligators eating different other animals that are there. Uh, okay. Uh-huh. The next class, we continued with the alligator and we started talking about Everglades National Park about in Japanese okay. and in very slow Japanese. It, take me, it took me about 20 minutes, something like that, just to say like, okay, so this is an alligator. Uh-huh. He lives at Everglades National Park. Yeah. This is a snake and I had a toy snake too. He lives in Everglades National Park. Yeah. So at Everglades National Park, these snakes eat the alligators and the alligators eat the snakes. And it's true. It's a really wonky thing, but that's something that happens there. And that's it took great. about 20 yeah. minutes to say that and like work my way through it and think of like all the particles and all this. Well, uh-huh. I don't, I only uh-huh. know their particles. My tutors told me, I don't really understand what a particle is. Yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, you're using your good particles. It's like, great. I don't know what that means, but fantastic. (laughs) So just a very organic approach based on play, based on my alligators, my toys. I'm just having fun. I'm trying to build sentences. I'm trying to talk about whatever I can that is interesting to me, but possible for me to say. Like sometimes I'll ask them, how would I say something? And they tell me and I'm like, that sounds Mm -hmm. so complicated. Let's not go down that route. Let's go to a different route. That sounds way too hard. Uh Uh-huh. But I happened so. to me this morning in Korean because I was like wanted to say something a little too complex. She said mm-hmm. it. I'm like, all right, let's just let's let's bring let's zoom it in a little here. Let's <laughs> yeah. go like because because yeah. then she's like it's gonna involve like another tense and another particle yeah. and all this. It's like mm-hmm. I like that. I, okay, more organic. And then how are you just is the whole time kind of like an immersive experience? Cause like, yeah, you get there's minimal vocab, verbs and lots of verbs. Like I know what to say, oh. like eating and drinking. And I know how to say some animals. Now I know some, there's a puzzle I have that my two year old cousin plays with. It's like got cars and like helicopters and stuff. So I know some like vehicle words like car and helicopter and police car and like boat. And so like, I think I can say the gorilla's driving the car. <laughs> That's I, can say. <laughs> I forget how to say it, but that is something I know how to say. I just forget what it is. But yeah, I'm just having fun. It's it's super yeah, yeah. casual. I'm not yeah. super serious about it. I don't study. I go to my class. <laughs> you know, nice. And then I book. I, I don't even it. have a weekly class. I just book it when I feel like <laughs> it. I'll be like, hey, I right. feel like Japanese. And I'll just go to their calendar. They have it online. I book a time. I eat transfer, and then off we go. 
Nice. Yeah, that's so cool. That's um, that's like giving me a lot of ideas and like a lot of inspiration mm -hmm. for maybe some things that I want to experiment with that kind of style of learning in the in the future. It's really yeah, it's awesome. Fun. It's I, fun I love this. I, I love this super casual attitude. It's kind of like me with German. Like mm -hmm. I never really like focus on German. I just kind of do it every once in a while when it like yeah. every once every once in a while when I feel like it, when like the easy German podcast uploads a new episode or want now I find an interesting video on YouTube I just watch it and I try to learn something from it but it's only it's super casual and I don't I, I'm not super disciplined with it I can go like a week without or two weeks without doing anything and then every once in a while I'm like oh okay I'm just gonna watch this German video on YouTube or I'm gonna read this article in German or something mm -hmm. but I, I love that mindset like certain languages that you're there are certain languages that you're more focused in and then certain languages that you're more casual with right yeah um yeah it's super fun yeah really? i think that i like the mentality of like because you said you're not really studying outside of the no not that, no like i think <laughs> i told marcus and cody this recently like i've been like getting back into my ukrainian but some weeks it's like just the italki hour like that's mm. it and my ukrainian teacher's like well have you studied this week have you done anything and i'm like nope <laughs> no, this is like what i'm here for like this is my practice so yeah i think that attitude like relaxing so yeah, although I, I will say this though it's not homework but it is a form of study i suppose now that you, you made me think of it so i learned my word for alligator right uh -huh, and i was like yeah. i wonder i can't read and write in japanese so i've decided i'm, I'm going to learn to read and write somehow someday if i feel like it and i've decided <laughs> yeah. that i was like oh i could learn how to say alligator how, how to write that so i just like google translate it i find the it's a kanji apparently oh it is like, oh cool so i can read that now so i copy paste it into youtube and i was like i wonder what would happen if i just hit enter on alligator like what would you get on youtube i've never tried something like that mm, mm -hmm. but it's like hit enter and there's all these videos i can't read what they say and then i found this one and i again i don't know what's what the video is about but it's like the thumbnail has a red circle in a lake and there's an arrow pointing in this lake and i was like oh, i bet you an alligator is gonna pop out of that uh, pop out of that place so i <laughs> okay. click it to watch it yeah. and it's this 15 minute video about this and i watched the whole thing i was fascinated about this dude and he's got this net and he's fishing in this water and he's just like talking about it and he's getting really excited about the stuff he catches but apparently it's in it's some invasive species apparently and he's fishing and i'm like watching the whole time fascinated there's no alligators right. but i don't know why it popped up but are they using that was japanese? a form of study it's all japanese uh-huh uh -huh. so i'm like so watching and like repeating what he says without knowing what he says i'm me i'm guessing what certain things mean yeah so one size has like i think it's like oh dekai or something like that and i was like no that must be oh look right like, oh cool right and, for, <laughs> and then i asked my two i was like does that mean oh look They're like oh it means like oh look how big he is and i was like uh -huh. ah, that yeah. works too yeah. sure right. I mean, right. i'm just gonna just having fun right i'm just like messing around and pretending to be that japanese dude or pleading repeating stuff he says and just dicking around and just you know <laughs> yeah and that's so, the, fun. like context because that's what a lot of like comprehensible input teachers are using mm -hmm. it's like you hear something saying like okay well you don't have to be einstein to figure out like the context here of the, <laughs> yeah like, yeah he pulled out or... a fish and he said well and i was like well probably means like wow, <laughs> yeah look exactly at that. <laughs> like use the context <laughs> yeah. use the clue right? yeah uh, okay okay yeah. So that was just from typing a kanji into you? I just typed the word for alligator and then I yeah. hit enter. And then I was like, I watched one thing too, but it was in English and Mandarin. It's called like the mega crocodile or something. 
and it's like about this like so you know those like um what's that one called sharknado oh <laughs> my sharknado <God>. style <laughs> with this mega croc <laughs> Oh, yeah. so i didn't watch that but i was i started watching and i was like oh this is not japanese okay it's different mind oh that's okay. interesting hey so uh azrin if mm. you guys don't mind shifting gears so how what are you doing like what do, what have you been up to how are you um how are you maintaining your other core languages um someone just asked me this today so for english french spanish i don't do a heck of a lot i teach them obviously but i, I don't really do a lot because i'm really strong at them so I don't need to do a lot to maintain them. I'm, I, I do get rusty over a number of years, but I'm so advanced in them that when you get a little rusty, no one would ever notice. And then I, it takes mm. one or two months of just a little bit of study and then all the rust is gone. Huh. So once it's once you, cause I have like, I think I even have a, uh, I have a, in French, for example, in 2012, I have a certificate from a French university where it certifies my level to like certain things were C one and a half, certain things were C two. Huh super fluent in them so i don't really need to actively work on them anymore so you're not compelled to consume material in these languages like spanish I or french so. i don't like feel like i need to sometimes i will if something catches my eye but no I but i mean just for pleasure like you don't have a bunch of let's say podcasts or or series that you follow not, in these languages no nowadays no no, that's interesting now. because no. you know you know i'm getting more and more advanced in spanish and i'm at the point now where spanish is my strongest uh, uh foreign language i guess you can call it and uh, i feel like i don't feel compelled to study it however i do have all these podcasts for example that i that i follow so it, i naturally maintain it mm. you know every week that's cool. by listening getting in a few hours of a podcast listening mm-hmm. teaching is a great form of maintenance though I feel yeah like- it's a good form of maintenance it's a good maintenance it doesn't help me improve it just basically yeah, slows yeah. the decline is all it does it just slows my decline yeah. uh-huh because right now like i don't teach french this semester for my high school classes but i am luckily i'm taking some alliance francaise classes right now and uh um but yeah i find like with my spanish yeah that maintenance like that basic fluency like for teaching wise always have that but in terms of yeah in the, the improving side of things yeah, def- we have to go more in depth. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. So, Azrin, are you working hard at any language? Yes. Because you mentioned that, that you're casual with with yeah. um, Japanese. Japanese. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm working most primarily on Mandarin, which is going to be the continue oh. to be the focus for probably the next few years at least, minimally. Because um, when I learn a language, it's so I am not someone who will try to learn twenty languages, for example. There are people like that. They speak 20 languages or whatever, a large number of languages, 15 or 12 or whatever, more than five, let's say, or six. (laughs) And they speak them at varying degrees of fluency, right? Some they're stronger, some they're a little weaker. For me, the language I speak, I want to speak speak them all at comparable to a native speaker or at least very, very advanced. So what that means is it takes me a long time. So Mandarin is my biggest focus now at the moment, like now, now I'm not doing, I do a little bit. I'm not doing anything crazy, but starting September again, I'll have uh, like, I have some, all the class at the university of Calgary. I'll have, um, uh, which will have homework of course, which will then make me want to do more Mandarin studies. So I'll be doing, you know, five, 10 hours of Mandarin a week. So as of, as of September. Nice. Yeah. So Guys, if we had to put Azrin on the dabble to fluency spectrum, he's even farther on the fluency spectrum than I am. 
Yeah, like we keep having, we keep coming back to this debate, Azrin, where we debate. <laughs> and, and yesterday we had, so, or last episode, we had some interesting quantitative data that mm-hmm. it's, you know, going from A1 to C1, it's an X or C2, it's an exponential increase in the amount of words that you have to learn, right? Like you double each time you go up a step. So either, I think, what was the math? Either you could. Um, 2,000, 4,000, 8,000, 16,000 for, for B1, B2, C1, C2. Right. So, so you could. Two, you four, could, six, eight, you said? Yeah. You could either get to B1 in yeah. four languages or you could get to C, C2 in one language, right? Hmm. And that was the, I got that right. Correct, Ian? Well, B1 is 2,000 words, according to. Oh, wow. So you can do eight languages to B1. Or you can do uh, one language to see one, right? You know what I mean? So like, there's a lot right. of work you have to put in to get to that super like hyper fluency level, or you could get into, cause you could like B1 is fun. That was the argument. Like B1 is really fun. Like you could have a lot of fun with B1, yeah. but, but C1. And I made the argument that, you know, if you, if you don't have that hyper fluency and at least a couple language or one language, one other language than your native tongue, then you're missing out on something because there's something special in that that you don't get when you're B1 or B2 or even C1, right? Um, so that that's the debate that we keep having in all these different podcasts. Um, so well, let's it's get Azrin interest- say, let's get Azrin say. On the- well, it's, it's, it's fairly obvious what, what your position is, but do you think you could, could touch on this? So is your question, is it, is it, well, it's not really a, to, it's it... not really a question it's just would you be able to share your thoughts on sure. this concept and idea yeah i think so i'll share for other like in general first and i'll share for me mm-hmm. so in general i think for the average joe mm-hmm. it's probably more useful to have eight languages at a b1 than one language at a c1 or c2 mm-hmm. i would probably think that's a pretty fair I think that's a fair statement to make for the average Joe that's going to be more practical, more useful, more rewarding. They get more, what's the word? Uh, not better on a resume, but it sounds cooler when it's like a fun, like party fact, like you speak six or what is it? I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> five languages, English, yeah. four. I'm like, what? Like what the first yeah. you speak two get you're like, Oh, okay, cool. Like, right. okay. <laughs> like, you know what a I mean? A lot of people do that. Yep. Um, and so there's that wow factor. So there's a lot of, pros to it for jobs like any kind of job application like you're gonna apply to something and you have a b1 in korean for example and they need korean like that's a you could Mm -hmm. uh depending on what kind of job it was uh, you know they might take you because you have a b1 in korean Mm -hmm. now if there's a korean Mm -hmm. company korean co-workers they might need a b2 or something higher of course but b1 might take you far enough for work purposes as well Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for me personally that's mm-hmm. just not how I choose to do it. Someone asked me not that long ago why that is. Like, oh, mm-hmm. why do you want to get to like these advanced levels? And I actually, I still don't really know the answer. All I know is like when I was learning French, I, I've been learning French since I was a child because I went to French immersion schools. But as a teenager, I went to France and studied in France. And that's why I got really, really good at French. And when I came back, I took the B2 exam for French, the DELF exam. DELF, yeah. And uh, I didn't even, at the time, I, I, the way I viewed it was, oh, I have a B2. I know there's a C1 and C2, so I guess I'm just not done. Like, I'm just not right. done with, I'm not done yet. That's just what I thought. Or even at the time, there were certain things that I still didn't fully understand. Like on TV, if I watch a show, sometimes I still didn't fully get it. Or like sometimes uh-huh. I was like, oh, so clearly I've got something left to learn. Like I'm not, yeah. I don't speak French yet. I mean, I do, but there's a lot that I still don't know. And so... 
I just sort of kept going. And I was doing a French major, so it didn't really matter. There's more to learn anyway. You have no choice. So there's more for me to do, four years more French in school. And there, that's where you read literature and you're writing these 20-page essays. And right. so you have no choice but to learn. So I just, and then when I was learning Spanish, same thing. Like, I always thought to myself, oh, I'd love to speak Spanish the same way I speak French. So like, oh, mm -hmm. I guess that's a long way to go. And then I did a French major or Spanish major too. So then again, you're writing 20 page papers, you're reading complex things, you're giving these academic talk, not talks, sorry, uh, presentations. And mm -hmm. um, a lot of my classmates were, were Latino as well. So we would, I would be around Spanish, even in casual context. And so for the first two, I suppose, foreign languages, Gujarati is there too, but that's a different story altogether. But for the first two, like very foreign languages, like just by design, I had to, I had to have a very advanced level because doing a university degree in them. So there's no, there's almost no choice. Mm -hmm. So I, I, maybe it's just because of that. Then now when I think of language, I'm like, oh yeah, you just go to this very advanced level. That's just how it works. And this is ingrained in me. That's possible. I don't really know what, why, why else I would think it though, or why else well, I you know that way. If I can chime in here. So going back to my bike analogy, <laughs> I think there, and we were talking a little bit about this in the last podcast episode that like when you getting to a really advanced level is just, there's something really special about it. And um, I, I think if the first click moment, if that's like learning to ride a bike without training wheels, then getting to another click moment where you can communicate just as well as you can in your native language that's like winning like a BMX competition or something like that. Like, yeah, <laughs> like it's just, um, it's a very similar feeling of, of pride that you have with yourself and satisfaction, but it's just, um, it's different because there's a lot of work that's gone into that. And um, it, it feels very, very nice to be able to communicate freely and openly just like you can in your native but language. there there's a clear distinction between having having like the dabbling proficiency and like the native near native um proficiency right because when you've developed that native proficiency then you've fully developed this alternative identity of yours mm. right this alternative yeah. personality which you don't really have like we were talking before how there's like a new new person there's a new um, there's a new personality that you've developed when you're able to start communicating freely. But when you're just dabbling and you're at B1 or B2, that person is very limited. Well, that 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 side of you is very limited. It's a very, very small limited. space. Very limited. No, but listen, listen, if you compare it to having like a hyper fluency, for example, for example, English is not English is my second language, technically. Right. So I can say that English and Swedish in my brains, they they uh, they take up approximately the same amount of space. So like I jump into my English markets side and I, then I jump into my Swedish space, right? In my brain. And then I, I navigate through life through those lenses, right? Through those parts of my brain, using those parts of my brain. And then, for example, when I use Spanish, you know, that part of my brain is pretty developed. Like that part, that identity is pretty well developed and I'm able to jump into it, but it's not as nuanced. It's not as intricate so to speak, as the other, as English markets, for example, I jump into French markets, which is even smaller, right? And even Ger German markets, which is, it is smaller than that. Now, the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, it's, it's cool to have that B1 proficiency, that, that, that side of you that you're able to jump into, 
and, you know, speak the language to a certain fluency, but, you know, being able to jump between fully developed identities, language identities is something that is different. And it's something that's very, very cool and very, very interesting. It's absolutely fascinating still to me. Right. And Azrin, I know you can uh, relate to this, right. Cause you speak multiple languages like this. Right. Um, but the point I'm trying to make is that it's different. Yeah, it's kind just, of the same thing, but it's still different. It is. Yeah. It is. Okay. But like, I think touching on Azrin's point about putting yourself like taking a class. So I'm in this Alliance Francaise class. I had homework that I actually did do. didn't really want to, but I did do. I had to write Good a job, half, buddy. half a page essay on global warming. It was like, I would not be doing this in my free time right now. Like <laughs> I would be watching Netflix. I would be watch. I'd be listening to Hugo. I'd listen to Matrix Gims, but <laughs> this is the task at hand. And holy, like when you had to sit down and like go through your thoughts and Google docs, actually, holy, they have some very nice, uh, editing features but just being put giving that giving me that task it forced me to speak a higher language than i would have done in any of my other like casual uh endeavors so to speak mm -hmm. so i get that like yeah if you had to give a so sweco if you had to give like a 20 minute presentation right now on water distillation or your science like you would have no choice it's my science German. is definitely not water distillation. whatever i don't care <laughs> get my point um you would have to you would have to get a higher level of german if you were going to present a 20 minute presentation about your science that you do so that's not even so much about just the language like you have to do that to get your language like to make your presentation like quality yeah yeah so you're no, going to develop your your identity no i know i know but like my, the point is on like i almost feel like the more the more advanced your language is, the more intricate your thoughts are in that language. Like language and and thought are very close, closely connected, connected. At least that's my experience. Mm -hmm. So if you speak Spanish at a very high level, then your thoughts in Spanish are going to be more intricate. If you speak English or Swedish or German or, or Japanese to a very high level, your thoughts in that language are going to be more in intricate, which is directly related to the ability of that part of your identity to, f to, uh, to, to flourish, I guess, mm -hmm. or to, to it, it's directly related to the intricacy and development of that part of your identity. Mm -hmm. If that makes any yeah. sense. So I'm trying, I'm trying to describe yeah. something that's very abstract yeah. And it's completely based on my own experiences, but, but that's the way I, I, I perceive it. At no, least. I don't it, know if it, you, it, if this, if this makes any sense makes to you. Total sense. It makes total sense to me at least. But um, for me personally, like, I like how you describe that, like how you, you can navigate your life through English and Swedish, because um, for me, like, even though I would say I speak like German, Spanish and Chinese at a really high level, but I don't have that navigating life ability intricacy yet. Like it's a lens. That's what it is. Yeah. It's a lens mm -hmm. which changes like I, the optics. Like you can view the world through these languages with different optics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I can't navigate my life through German, for example. 
Like I'm not that good. Right. But that, okay. So that now, now you're proving my, now you're getting to my point. My point is mm-hmm. you can only get that sensation when you obtain this hyper fluency in another and that, language. That takes, that takes a lot of time and a lot of exposure and a lot of immersion. And I've, I just, I haven't had any of that with any of my foreign languages. Right. And hence the argument for focusing more. So as in my opinion here is uh, as a polyglot, okay, have your core languages that you're ultra focused in and that you're always living life in, right? Like you never forget about French as for example, like you're always connected to that part of yourself, but then, you know, just for fun, just for kicks on a Friday night, you want to relax, you start dabbling in like Hebrew or whatever Ian does. (laughs) Yiddish. Uh, Yiddish. Uh, So Azrin's what's these Chinese courses you're taking? Because you talked about like you have these tasks to do. So like what level of Chinese classes are you taking coming up? And I'm pretty, so right now, I don't even know which one I'm, I'm not, I haven't signed up for any classes in the fall, but I'll have to, I will. I, uh-huh. So I guess it'll depend on what's offered and what fits into my schedule. But my overall, like the level of classes that I take um, moving forward are going to be like introduction to literature. A lot of them, like I'll start mm-hmm. to read things in Mandarin. That's a little above my level to be honest, but that's sort of the direction it's going to go in. Mm-hmm. Um, what else is there? I think there's a, I think I have a history class that's taught in Mandarin. I think I don't really want to take it because I, I like history, but it's not, I don't want to like do three hours of class a week and my like, readings and stuff in history. I don't like it that much, but I'll have to. And that's, that's why yeah. I do university classes, by the way, because it forces, high level. it forces me to go learn about things that people talk about in real life that I would mm-hmm. never want to go learn. I would never go learn it of my own accord. But now that I've had to do it, once, when the next time someone talks, if I see some Chinese person and they're talking about such and such moment in Chinese history or something, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I learned that in some Chinese class. And I, can, I have something to say and I, can, I know some of the words and I can be like, oh, yeah, in dynastic China or something. I can say that, right? Mm-hmm. Typically wouldn't. But in that conversation, I'm able to. So that's kind of where I'm heading now uh, into my Chinese studies, my Mandarin studies. Um, Although I want to go back to something that what you guys are talking about, because I was thinking about viewing the lens through, viewing the world through the lens of a specific language. Mm -hmm. Two things that came to mind. One is that's something I actually, I'll I'll practice doing it. I'll pick an hour or half an hour or a whole day and I'll say, okay, this is Chinese day. Mm -hmm. Like this is now, I think in Chinese, I view the world through Chinese. And if I don't know how to say something, I better like, what's the word? find different words for it to be able to have the thought that I like to have or whip out my phone and look up the words I don't know. So I can have the thought that I would like to think. By the way, there's a special word for this. It's oh, circumlocute. Yes. Wait, say Circum- that again, Cody. Circum- circumlocation. Circum- yeah, that's the one. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's number one. Mm-hmm. So, and then number two is as an interesting, as an interesting little uh, exercise, maybe you guys can give it a try sometime or people listening to the podcast can. Mm-hmm. So if you ever have a complex problem that you're trying to solve and your mind is racing a mile a minute in your mother tongue, because you're trying to solve it and you're running through all these simulations in your mind, you're thinking a mile a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I challenge you to solve the problem in a language that you're intermediate uh, in. Yeah, yeah, it makes yeah. you slow the hell slow down. Slow the hell down for sure. And it makes you simplify the problem because you don't have all those complex words in your intermediate, your B1 language, for example. Uh, yeah. It works wonders. Holy <laughs> snap. Yeah, yeah. 
Could that be like a social problem or like a anything? Something you're like thinking about and you're like, oh, you know, how do I do that? Like the boss is like doing this to me or like, man, I girlfriend's mad at me for the any anything, right? And it's like life's problems slows you down. So I've been I've been using I've been using Buddhism to like to soothe that side of my brain lately but maybe i should start using korean <laughs> good yeah that's yeah. an that's a very interesting point that's a very interesting point because you know when you're so when i was in spain last fall i just remember because i lived most of my life in spanish and i remember life was so looking back at it now everything was so simple like all I did every day was like, okay, how do I get food? And, you know, what do I ask in order to get whatever I want? And then I went to, to you know, did all my chores during the day. And it was just, I was just thinking in Spanish. It was so easy. Um, and then, you know, in English, when it gets it, when, when I'm in English mode, everything becomes so much more complicated. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's uh, a very interesting observation. I've never thought about it before, but that's a very interesting so observation. Good. And do it. People should do it because life is so much better when you simplify it. Yeah. Well, not necessarily, but I'm well, just saying it's it, it, it's relaxing in a sense. I find yeah. that slowing it down, even like when I'm with my iTalki tutors right now, like whatever the complex thing is, like I find when you slow down, your accuracy goes up. Like you shouldn't be like, like was it Eeyore? No, who's little? Like you shouldn't be like super slow. Or whatever, yeah. but like you got to keep up with the like. Actually, my my iTalki tutor for German right now, like her pace is a little too high. That I, but I'm not really gonna complain right now because it's like okay, like this is native level speed. But I just find even in the actual lesson class, anytime you just slow it down, or like if you just keep messing up, messing up, like just slow it down. So, but yeah, life's problems in the language class, like just take a breather, basically. Yeah, I remember this was maybe a couple of years, maybe a year ago, roughly. Uh-huh. I can't remember what I was stressed about, but something was like, I was very stressed about something. Yeah. And then this is where this is where this idea came from. I, for some reason, randomly, I was like, what if I try to solve this in Mandarin? I don't know where that came from, <laughs> but it's some randomly, I just thought it. And then it was, instead of me thinking like in English, I would have thought something to the effect of, oh, this is so hard. Okay, should I do this? Should I do that? Should I do this? Oh, but if I do that, this is going to happen. Oh, what does that? What do I do if that happens? Oh my God, if that happens and that's going to happen, that's going to happen. Oh crap, I can't Kaboom. do that. Okay, wait, what was I trying to problem solve again? Oh, that's what I was trying to And in Mandarin it becomes, oh, this is hard. What do I do? Hmm. Maybe I can ask him for help. Hmm. That's a bad idea because he will be mad okay. <laughs> that's <laughs> like really interesting right and then you're like Meditating. okay and it was very helpful actually yeah yeah man yeah. just having conversations with yourself like that and in, in another language is so useful mm-hmm. like it's so useful and oftentimes you know you're having that conversation and then you realize you get to a point where you're stuck and you're like okay, what do i say now and then you look up the phrase using google translate or whatever and then you just keep moving on right uh-huh. and you go back and forth that's a solid um that's a solid language learning hack mm-hmm. language learning tip it's like self-talk people call self-talk. a lot of people call that right self-talk self-talk mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah huh. do you do that often 
Yeah, often enough. Uh, there's a couple things I'll do. So that's one, like I'll pick a certain, when I feel like it, I'll pick some chunk of the day and I'll do that in typically Mandarin nowadays. Because Spanish is, I could do it in Spanish, French, not that, wouldn't be that challenging. But sometimes I will in Spanish and French. I'll really push myself. I'll mm -hmm. think in Spanish, but I'll, the, I'll catch myself when I'm doing that circumcollution that you guys mentioned a second ago. Mm -hmm. um, like when I'm going to find a synonym, I'll, I'll pause, make myself pause and be like, wait, no, how would you say that? Like not the synonym, mm -hmm. like that, yeah. Yeah. but it's usually the... Mandarin or I'll also do something every language and I don't care how fluent or not fluent you are. I guarantee you'll learn a lot by doing this. Any point in the day when there's no one else around, not when you're talking to people, just look around and, and just look mm. around and start naming everything in one language. Yeah. I don't care how advanced you are. You will find something that you don't know how to say. A gap. For yeah. Sure. Within seven, like within 30 seconds. Uh -huh. But I'm seeing, I'm looking at over there and there's like this, um, like the coffee creamer. There's like a coffee creamer on the counter. Yeah. I don't know how to say coffee creamer in French, Spanish, Mandarin, Gujarati. Like I only know in English. I don't know what you call a coffee cream, what you call creamer. Yeah. Like yeah. that's like three seconds of me looking around like, oh, what do you call that? <laughs> totally. No, it's, that has me in the, in the classroom a lot. Kids will say random stuff and like, how do you say this? Or it, it's not even like they'll directly ask me, like it'll just come up. And the other day, uh, sideburns came up in Spanish. I was like, I yeah, have I no clue how to say <laughs> sideburns. I always got like Spanish dick, like yeah. pati, la patilla. I was like, ah, that's what it is. There you go. Is la patilla. Yeah. La yeah. Patilla. So, so no, that's so true. Like there's, there's always gaps, like little waquitos. The, uh -huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. That's a, something you can always do. Always. Any language, any level of fluency, you'll always find stuff you don't know what to say. For sure. Yeah. 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 So some vocabulary mining tactics. Mm -hmm. Vocab mining. <laughs> I like that. I love it. <laughs> yeah. That's what I do. That's what I do. No, but the, the whole thing of, you know, talking to yourself, I find myself doing that spontaneously when I'm like out mm. for walks and even like in the car. Like sometimes I just talk to myself or I talk to myself in my brain. Oftentimes, sometimes I just talk out loud. I do it in the shower. You know, some people sing in the shower. I speak Spanish and French to myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you, if you guys but relate to that or not. Yeah, that's I. That's something that I try to do as often as I can is just like switch into my foreign language brain because, like we were just talking about, my foreign language brain is, is always having a good time, but my English language brain, that's like like heat-seeking problem destroyer. <laughs> like, yeah. So I gotta like every whenever that years. part of my brain is too active, I need to like okay, like it's time to just like riff in French and just like have some fun yeah Très bien. uh hey Azra how's the Gujarati going and also with, also with the easy languages oh uh, yeah I haven't been doing that <laughs> but you made a few take, videos though no I mean if I made I have made some but I don't do it regularly it's uh I take a lot of things on my plate and yeah that, that was just one too one thing too many that I couldn't uh couldn't okay yeah so but even in the future though possibly like, yeah possibly it? but yeah possibly it's not not now but could be in the future yeah, yeah. Be, it's fun i do enjoy it it's just time consuming and it's just time consuming right? yeah yeah making language material is and oh. i do it already for my own work and i do it mm -hmm. more there's so much i'm already doing it's just one extra thing and it's just one thing too many yeah 
Yeah, that's uh How how just a quick question, how different is good good from Hindi? Very similar. It is similar. Okay. Quite. So, so it, here's a fun little fact. So, if you so two fun facts. Number one, if you speak Gujarati like at a, a native level fluency and hear mm-hmm. someone speak Hindi and vice versa generally speaking. Uh yeah, and vice versa generally speaking, you will understand a vast a good percentage of it almost like um you know, more than like Spanish and Brazilian Portuguese or something more than more than because the, the, oh, the alphabets, wow. the alphabet's identical. That's why it's a different writing system, but it's the same alphabet, same sounds, etc. Same. The second fun fact, which I, which, which blows my mind. So when I was weaker in Gujarati, when I heard Hindi, I didn't really understand much of it. And just maybe a month ago, I was scrolling my Instagram and someone posted something in Hindi about the coronavirus in India and what's going on. And they're talking in Hindi and she's really emotional. She's a doctor and she's seeing all these people die. And she's made this whole four minute, five minute video. And I'm just, it's in Hindi and I'm watching it. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was in Hindi until I was about four minutes in. Oh, wow. I was oh, watching wow. like, oh, wait, what do you talking. think? What did you think it was? Didn't even, didn't register. I was like, oh, I just know. Oh, you didn't saying. even think about it. I just, I'm just slaying. I'm like, oh, cool. And then I was like, oh, wait a sec. This is Hindi. Oh. Huh. I just thought Indian person, oh, must be just Gujarati. And then I don't think I thought it was Gujarati because I wasn't even thinking about it. Uh-huh. But I understood when I watched it a second time, I was like, wait, let me go back. And I watched it a second time. And then on the second time, I realized, oh, yeah, yeah, there is a what, 25% I don't understand. Oh, but good. when I was first, I was watching casually. I wasn't like really paying attention. I was kind of like listening and not fully watching. And so you just, you understand the gist of what they're saying. And you don't think much of it. You know, when you listen to something casually, you don't really... Mm-hmm ask yourself if you know every single word yeah so yeah they're really close and my Gujarati obviously has progressed quite a bit since and, and you said they both were sanskrit same script different script oh different script different okay. script but same pronunciation okay. Mm. okay what about like punjabi yeah is it close curious. to punjabi too it is close but it's more distant from punjabi okay so it's closer yeah. to hindi than punjabi yeah all those it- northern indian languages are quite similar but some are a little more different than others and some get a little bit further away. So Punjabi is one that gets a little further away. Same thing with Urdu then. Urdu and Hindi are basically the same when they're spoken for the basically. Well, it's the same as Punjabi, I understand. Hindi and, sorry, Punjabi and Urdu are are essentially the same. Uh, I I don't think so because... Hindi and Urdu. Because Hindi and... Wait, wait, Urdu and Punjabi? No, 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 Punjabi and Urdu are very close. That's what Randeep told us. Yeah, I know, I I know, I know. But so I just they get a lot of that fact, hockey though. night, hockey night in Punjabi. They get a lot of Urdu uh, viewers because it's so close. They understand it. Well, That's if you spoke, you would understand a lot of it because. But here's the thing, though, to make the argument that Urdu and Punjabi are close, my understanding of it is then you're also making the argument that Hindi and Punjabi are close because Hindi and mm. Urdu, when they're spoken, are ex- they're like ninety percent the same. Right. It's just right. the writing is very different. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. so in my mind, when I think of Hindi, Hindi to Gujarati and Hindi to Punjabi, Hindi yeah. to Gujarati are closer than Hindi than Punjabi, which therefore means Urdu to Punjabi is further yeah. than Urdu to Gujarati. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so this That's, is confusing. Yeah. Well, we're talking about the, the complicated it's side confusing. of <laughs> No, but I'm so yeah. fascinated by like Indian and Pakistani languages because I meet so many people from, from India and Pakistan. So. Hmm. Most curious, and everyone uh, speaks. Everyone speaks a different language. That's the cool part. I have a friend who speaks Urdu and and Hindi both. She can speak both, and like 
I don't really speak it because I, I will one day. I do want to learn it and it won't take me too, too long because it's so close to Gujarati. Mm -hmm. But um, sometimes when we hang out, like she, she doesn't have anyone to speak in Hindi with because all of her friends speak English mm -hmm. and she miss, kind of misses it. Yeah. And she's like, you're my only like brown friend, like brown, brown friend. She'll say, you're my only, you're my only brown, brown friend. And, I'll yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Like, and she's like, yeah. So then, so then we'll, she'll speak to me in Urdu or Hindi and uh -huh. I'll reply in Gujarati. And we we'll just kind of go on like that. Mutually intelligible. <laughs> So yeah, uh, yeah. So, Azrin, have you been to India? Yeah. Uh, okay. How many times? One, two, three times. Three times, and you only go to Gujarat. Mm, the first time I went all over, I was, it was like very touristy. So how do you um, in, do you communicate in English or good Gujarati? So if I'm in Gujarat, I'll use Gujarati. But you have to. Mm. But it's really a pain in the butt because even when you're in Gujarat, it sucks to not know Hindi. Because some people, really? they move mm. from another region to Gujarat and they just don't mm. learn Gujarat. They just speak in Hindi all the time because everyone's bilingual, right? So you can pick whichever mm. one. It doesn't matter. The, everyone has those two mother tongues, Hindi, Gujarati. They're literally equally strong in both. Yeah. So you could speak whatever you want. So sometimes I'll like talk to someone and they'll reply to me in Hindi. And I'm like, oh, crap. And I'll be like, yo, <laughs> okay. I don't speak Hindi. And they'll be like, just like, look at me like, like. So what do you mean? Like, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you That's mean? really weird. That's strange. Yeah. They probably never met anyone like that. But what do you speak when you're in like Delhi? I uh, I mean I'd be in trouble. Like I would. I've never gone alone to Delhi or anything like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, but English, but I, I'd assume, no. Uh, I would probably learn Hindi pretty quick. I've never done it where I was oh, alone okay. in Delhi. But when I've been, I've always been with someone else that speaks Hindi. Mm -hmm. But but, but if I was would... there, I would just go learn it. I just learned before I went. Oh, okay, but I'm, I'm just curious, like, would you communicate, like, if you were to transfer and in, in, uh, at the airport in Delhi, would you speak English or would you speak Gujarati? Airport, I'd speak English. You'd speak English, okay. Airport, because they know they speak English and there's right, no problem right. there. So. Right. Or I'd like, if it's like ordering food or something, like, I can, in, like, I can figure out how to say it. Like, I can be like, I just Google it and just like be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, that's what okay. I'd say. And then okay. off we go, you know? Okay. Which is what I did when I was in Chennai. I remember when I was in Chennai, which is in the south. They don't speak Hindi there. It's not a very common, like English. They speak Tamil. They speak uh -huh. some might speak Hindi. So I remember, like, I went to this one place and I asked, like, do you speak English? And he's like, no. I was like, huh. I, was, I was like, Hindi. He's like, yeah, Hindi's fine, uh, which is <laughs> rare. And the south is not as common. They don't, not as many people speak it. But he's like, yeah, I speak Hindi. I was like, oh, cool. Huh. And then I just ordered my food in Hindi, and then we went off, and it was fine. Have you been to Kerala? I want to go there, man. It yeah, looks sweet. It just looks sick. I can watch a bunch of videos. I'm, from I'm still here. I'm just going to grab yeah, a charger. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I've, I've watched them. I can send you guys a video later, but it's like the California of uh, India. Of India. Yeah, it's palm trees everywhere. Beautiful mm. beaches. It's like the main vacation spot. It's like in the southern, southwest yeah. part of India. It looks sweet. Yeah. Linguistically speaking, like India. 22 uh official languages i've or or not i'll have to clarify this with azrin here when he okay azrin okay is indy hindi and english the two official oh this way i don't know what or the is it like is, 22 is it like the 22 number that i've read for each I'm like google it but it's quite if it's more than just english and hindi okay how many okay. official languages in india let's see you know, there's there's a place in India. There's yeah, a town 22. in India where they speak Is French. Is it 22? Yeah, that's what it says. Quick Google search says 22, yeah. Right. French, Marcus? Yeah, there's a place in India, a former French colony in India on the southeast coast where everything, like all the signs are in French and people speak French still. 
Isn't that fascinating? Isn't Macau still Portuguese? Yeah, or... yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I remember I sent you that video yeah. of, of different Portuguese accents. Like uh-huh. Mozambique, Macau. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like you get this, this Asian person. Colonial pockets. A- exactly. You get these Asian people that are have Portuguese as their native language. It's fascinating. Yeah. Jakarta. Oh, man. So I'm just, I just Googled this here. I don't know if this is true because it's just a quick, it's a Google search. I haven't fact checked this. I just Googled French colony in India and the top yeah. result here says the first French factory in India was established in Surat in 1668. Now Surat is in Gujarat, which is where my family's from. Oh, oh, wow. oh. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. What? but there's, there's something on the Southeast coast. There must be my yeah. friend, my I've friend from, that. my friend from India showed me it. He showed oh, me like, signs. is it Pondicherry? I don't know. I don't remember the name. I think that's the one because, uh, I could be wrong, but I remember what's that book? Uh, it's uh, what's that really popular book about pie? Life of Pi. Uh, that's the one. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every, like I work in high school. I by law Sorry. have to know that. <laughs> I know it's not about. I haven't pie, seen the yeah, movie. I haven't but... seen the movie, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think when I, I remember reading that book, and I remember, uh, I'm, I could be wrong, and maybe people would listen to your podcast and be like, "No, this he's so wrong about this." <laughs> no worries. But I think when I was reading that book now that you're talking about this, I think one of the things is like, oh yeah, they're from Pondicherry and and that was like a French uh, colony. But I, I could be completely wrong on that. Oh, okay. I'll have to... That might be that. Yeah, the author of that book's from Saskatoon, which is... Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, I'll have to ask my, like, uh, uh, if any listeners, um, Structured Rambling, uh, the podcast with my coworker, Paul Sonsby. He has a whole episode on Life of Pi. I'll have to re-listen to it about... Or I'll just go talk to him down the hallway next time I'm at work. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. And then Pondicherry uh, is in the southeast. Okay. That I'm might that, yeah. that lines up too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That might be it. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, India, fascinating place. I'd love to go. Absolutely. I'd yeah, love man. to go, but I'd have to. I'd have to learn. Learn some languages. It sounds like you have to learn something. <laughs> in the in the northern part, Hindi is just fine because that everyone speaks Hindi for the most part. For the most part, in the south, uh, I'm not as knowledgeable, but I do know that in my experience of being in the south, Hindi is not nearly as widely spoken, and you're much better off using English. Oh, At least that's oh, been my limited south. experience. But I've, I don't have a lot of experience traveling in the south of India, so it's been limited experience of that. Right. Right fascinating because where's the Taj Mahal again sorry for being ignorant but I don't know I forget I don't yeah did you I go there mm-hmm. yeah that's yeah man Taj Mahal's in, isn't it in I'm gonna butcher this too I'm gonna google it but I think it's in Agra <laughs> okay, wait okay. hang on hang on we're putting Azrin on the spot <laughs> is it in Agra? Wait, 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 hang on is it in Agra I think it's I could be oh my god that's terrible uh let's see if it's no. in Wait, where is Taj Mahal in India? Let's see. Okay, give me the restaurant in Calgary, the Taj Mahal. <laughs> Shout out to the Taj Mahal Shout restaurant out. on uh, McLeod Trail. <laughs> not hopefully quite over, like, hopefully it opens in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, apparently it is. It is in Agra. Yeah. Okay. I remember because yes. I remember we went to Agra Fort, and which is really close. We went to Taj yeah. Mahal and it was like, we couldn't get in for some reason. We went to Agra Fort instead, which is why I remember it's in Agra. But... Yeah. Oh so, man, you know that's is something really funny when you're traveling. Sometimes, like you plan on going to a big monument or like a big uh, sightseeing place, and it sometimes it just doesn't work. Like I know 
um, when I was in when I was in China, I tried going to Mao's mausoleum in Beijing twice, and both times it didn't work out because it was closed for some reason. So where'd you go? Oh, I just some had to other... go somewhere else. So I yeah, went to like yeah, the Forbidden yeah. City and Tiananmen Square and places like that. Um, but yeah, it's just, yeah, the real life is kind of disappointing sometimes. I know and I was just talking with my friend about this yesterday um, when I was in Berlin. <laughs> you know the Brandenburg Gate, right? Yeah. Yeah, natürlich. Yeah. So, you know, in like in videos and pictures and stuff, it seems huge. Like it seems it like this massive structure, but yeah. in real life, it's actually really small. Like I rolled up there and I was like, I was like, oh, well, that's it. <laughs> like, underwhelming. It really underwhelming. And also there was like some kind of bike marathon happening. So there was always like advertisements, all these fences everywhere around it. And it just like ruined the experience kind of yeah it just doesn't live up yeah. to expectation yeah i'm sorry how that yeah, experience at the brandenburg tour <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, awesome. but sometimes it's that leads good. to like new adventures though like when you yeah. have to go off the itinerary yeah so, that's the best yeah. hey so as a shifting gears again i'm curious hmm. to know about the meetups yeah i was what just gonna planned? bring it up yeah exactly <laughs> what, do you, what do you have planned when the lockdowns left I, I i i saw that alberta's planning on lifting the lockdowns now in the summer so yeah are you planning on bringing back the meetups live yeah i'd love to probably the picnics are really fun picnics, picnics. campfires we did the campfire we were doing the campfires up in um uh what's that saint patrick's island yeah um those are fun we we're doing picnics out in uh in kensington i think it was if i remember correctly so those are fun yeah yeah, like oh, those are those are especially when it's nice out, right? That's mm -hmm. really cool. I think it'll still be it'll probably still be a bit before we can do like pub nights and things like that. I would guess. Mm -hmm. But right. yeah, end of the summer probably. Yeah, maybe, but like like in the near future, like probably. I forget what the restriction numbers are, but I think it's like by the end of June. If I, like by, by stampede time, I think it's yeah pretty open. Big, I think right. Big open date. I think uh -huh. they're planning on having the stampede, right? Obviously, I That's think the... so. Are they not? That's the target. So. That is the target. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to so, be like, that's going to be the, the what can you call it? I guess the signal for returning back to normal life in Alberta. Man, <laughs> I, I, I might fly out for it. I might fly out for it, but I'll definitely, Azrin, I'll definitely fly out for when you guys have the, the, the pub nights again for the first pub night. I'm going to fly yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> ho hopefully we'll see what, like, we'll see what, like, I hope they don't do something after Stampede. It's like, Oh my God, all the cases are surging. What the heck's going on? And they shut stuff mm -hmm. down after Stampede. I'm hoping it's like Stampede oh. stuff is open and it stays open. Like that would be great. Yeah, no, we're all going to get vaccinated and we're not going to worry about it. Yeah. Like I know we are pretty like, like I think it's like 60% in Alberta is vaccinated or something. Yeah, like that. I know that I've, that's what uh, Kenny tweeted today. So yeah, well, at least with the first first shot. First dose, yeah, the first one, of course. Yeah, but still, that gives pretty good protection, allegedly. Back um, to normal, back to normal. Back to yeah, normal. So hopefully, we'll see what happens. And uh, yeah, but at least like picnics and like the 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 campfires were really cool. Like that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, it was lots of fun last Oh, those time. were a blast. Right, Riley I love the campfires. Too. Like that's going to become like a staple. Like if there's like a little oh, silver man. lining, like that was so, that was super fun. Oh, yeah, that was really good. Because because Azrin, the thing I'm looking forward to the most right now is for the meetups here in Ontario to open up. And let me tell you, there are they're a bigger lot of out them. there, and they're, they're bigger, big, yeah. and they're they're frequent. They're everywhere. Yeah. yeah, for everything, Spanish, French, obviously are the two mm -hmm. biggest ones. But like Portuguese, German, oh, yeah. 
I bet a bunch so of men. So many, well. so many. But I, I've already gone on Meetup, and I found I, I've identified all of them. So now I'm like, <laughs> I go on there, obviously now and then, and just I look up what they're doing. Right now they're doing all virtual Zoom meetings and whatnot, like Zoom uh, happy hours and everything. But that's not. I don't really it's honestly like. From, it's not the same. It's not the same. And, you know, I want to go out and meet people, make new friends. And the best way to do that is to see each other, meet each other in person. But I'm oh, really yeah. excited. Let me tell you, I'm really excited for the reopening here because, you know, these meetups, I'm going to be the first person. I'm going to be the first person there. <laughs> and I feel Absolutely. like it's going to be a lot of fun. You're going to be there with your Save the Languages hoodie. Yes. <laughs> nice. That's right. So that's that's Shout honestly out. my biggest motivator right now to to you know keep studying hard these or study i don't like saying studying using the word studying but but keep um immersing myself in in my target languages is to to build up uh um to prepare myself for these meetups right mm-hmm. that's kind of my my main motivator it sounds a little nerdy perhaps but but you know it's really it's really gotten me going it's gonna be fun it's gonna, it's be, gonna fun. be a lot of fun looking yeah. forward to it so. yeah and I'm really excited because, man, let me tell you, I've really missed your meetups. I've really missed them. So uh, when you're back and running like normal, I'm going to be out there. Nice. <laughs> well, we're happy to have you. I think lots of people are waiting and mm-hmm. oh, I get yeah. I don't get like lots of messages, but I do get every couple, every week or two, like someone checking in, me, checking like, in. Hey, are we starting soon? The weather's getting nice. Oh, <laughs> do you want, can we do this? Maybe we can do that. And so I think there are people that are waiting and yeah. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting transitioning back because right now I'm so set up for online. Like I'm, it's all now set up for online. It's actually, so like, I'll figure it out. It's not gonna be hard to figure out. Like I'll figure it out. It's not gonna be a problem, but I will have to like sit for two hours one day and just figure out, okay, so how does this look like to have online and in person? I'll have to figure out the problem, solve that. Totally worth it. In person for all the vaccinated people. (laughs) And then all the, all the anti-vaxxers can be online. Well, the online ones are, those are all like, a lot of those are international, right? They're not oh, in Calgary. A lot of them, oh. like, it's, it's so funny. Like the people that I now see regularly, it's just a different crowd. It, they're completely oh, I, different people. No, and, but I mean, for the meetups, not the classes. Oh yeah. But what I mean is the people who come to the online meetups now are yeah. generally not in Calgary. Anyway. I remember you saying that so, last oh, summer. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah some of them are like, really not cool. like there are some, but like, sometimes I'll talk to like, Oh, you're in Calgary. Oh, it's so cool. You should come to, but, but generally they're not in, many of them. Most of them are not in Calgary. I yeah. think anyway, I think I could be wrong. Maybe yeah. I've overestimated my head, but most are not. No, I think, yeah, it, it'll still be like nice to have the online option for people um, like you said, who don't live in the area or they just feel more comfortable going online. But I mean, real life meetups, those are the, that's the bread and butter. That's, <laughs> that's, when, that's where friendships, is... that's where yeah. friendships and podcasts are made. I've, I've heard of yeah. a podcast that might've started from as a meetup, <laughs> so. Yeah. And yeah, the... like, I know when I get out of, when I get out of quarantine at the end of July, I'm going to be coming in hot. So <laughs> hot and ready. <laughs> all right so as in where can people find you just to give our podcast listeners that um best thing that people can go visit now best place would be if you go to azrin the language nerd.com slash free course Ooh, so az okay. or z r e n the language nerd.com slash free course uh-huh. that's probably the best that's the that's probably what i'd like to plug if you want to follow me on social media any any platform at polyglot azrin so polyglot az or z r e n so awesome all yeah. right all right folks go check out azrin 
uh us lingaholics boys we're gonna be waiting for the waiting for the meetups to happen and uh uh yes thanks for coming on the show today man super Happy fun episode lots covered lots today as always always a great chat with us we'll, we'll so. have you back in a year Sure. yeah one year. Our yearly, our yearly guest. <laughs> yearly. <laughs> hopefully we'll have some cool t-shirts by then too <laughs> hopefully in person in that case yeah, yes. hopefully yes. In person. back on the deck or something yeah so yeah. all right thanks all right folks. all right take all right. care take care